it's the Pretty and Petty McStuffin Show, and here we come to you as a roundtable discussion about ministry. Um, I just wanted to have a small topic today about um, going into ministry and why would you decide to want to serve the Lord or go into ministry as they now are saying, you know, the fivefold ministry um, the preachers, the evangelists, the prophets, the, um, what is the other two? Preacher, teacher, pastor, evangelist, prophets. And because there's so many that are popping up right now. And I'm kind of wondering, what is the reason for you to decide to be a minister and serve God and open up a church or, you know, read the gospel or preach the word and, you know, things of that nature. Is it because one, did you grow up in church? So it's just something that is there, like you tie your shoes and go to school, or is it because you truly love the people and you see that we're in a dismay of liars and disbelief or three, is it for the money or, you know, you want to be known and recognized and, you know, being seen as this great prophet or evangelist or your congregation and your church and you're, you're such a man or woman for God. Or is it because if you never knew God, you will still be the person wanting to help others to do better in their life? You know, it's so many people nowadays that seem like it's such a profit in the ministry. So, so many are going into the ministry only because they know they can just read a book, tell a story and collect some coins. Basically, like it's a job, you know, like you wake up, you get dressed, you drive your car, you go to work, you clock in, you do what you need to do. And then you come home and you get paid. You know, so many people in the ministry is always asking for money and donations and this, that, and another, you know, versus just say you need help and uh, go find me or something. You know, it's, I really, really want to know why people in this day and age is actually wanting to preach the gospel. I know back then it was for a reason, it was for a purpose, it was for the neighborhood, it was for the children, it was for you know, so many other reasons, like even um, just the notion of if I was um, a part of a congregation and I've probably been in a congregation for eh, sometimes or even not too much at all, and I was on the verge of being homeless, would the church open its doors for me to sleep on its pews and, you know, help feed me and my children or would it push me off to the Salvation Army or some type of government assistance for me to be? Would the community of the church help place me in a, a location for me to be okay for a while? You know, these are the things that I say if I was to have a ministry, those are some of the things that I would want a part of my ministry, but I don't think that's Unless I have not done enough research or looked into it or see, you know, I remember growing up, the neighborhood helped raise your kids. Now the neighborhood is raping your kids. You know, the church is supposed to be the cornerstone for 
the environment of the community. And now you have five, six, seven different churches on a one mile radius, to be honest, let's say two at the most. And the neighborhood is horrible. The neighborhood looks ran down. So what are y'all really doing? You know what I'm saying? Granted, you are coming from different locations to come to this one place, but that is still your neighborhood. That is still your church. That is the community church. So the community church should be out there feeding the people, helping them, clothe them, buy them things, making sure the kids at school in the neighborhood is grades is doing pretty much good. Going to the classrooms, talking to folks. But unfortunately, we don't have enough men in the church nowadays anyway, because for whatever reason, and it's just a bunch of women. But even if it is a bunch of women in the church, we're nurturers. We're supposed to be the ones to protect at all times because we are the given of life. You see what I'm saying? I mean, granted, the seed is planted from the man, but we are given of the life. And yes, I know God gives life where I'm not before anybody. She did it. I know. I, I know. God gave life. Life comes to man. Man come through seed. Seed plant in woman. Woman have baby. Boom. Let's get that out the corner. So my thing is, why are the neighborhoods, you know, all it is is talk, 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 help donation, talk, 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 talk. If you want to sow a seed, talk, 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 talk. But are you out in the field actually helping the classrooms? Are you actually in the outfield helping these little girls? Are you actually in the outfield doing these type of things that needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. You got a doctorate in this and yeah, you got your master's in that. And yeah, you've been preaching the service for this many years, but your community is dying. The people are dying. They're led astray. You know, so many people are, oh my God, is it because they're calling themselves Israelites and Hebrews? And this is why we're dying. We're born to die anyway. But at the same time, if a person dismay themselves from God, it has to be a reason that they were probably hurt in church. And a lot of church hurt goes a long way. And there's a lot of church hurt because there's so many false doctrines. And yeah, we cannot argue and we cannot do this and we cannot do that. But at the same time, if there's this power in prayer, if you go to a church and you know that this church is not doing right or living right or acting right, how are you not praying to God that the doors are closed so we cannot put any more bad seeds into the ground to be harvested into wildfire? I mean, there is so many things that can't be done since you cannot, you know, or even then you can go. It says if you see something that's wrong within the Bible, it says that you go to your elders, you go to your people, and you talk among them, and you see why they're doing the things. Why is this not flourishing? How come this is, you know, going in the desire that is going? Not sorry, not the desire. Going in the direction that is going, and if your desire is for it to be better, then I would think you would want to you know, stop allowing things to grow wrong. You know, it, it's it's a sad, sad thing that everybody wants to be a minister now, but even if you wasn't a minister, I mean, who is talking to the little girls now? Who are talking to the little boys? 
who is um, at the schools, you know, doing this, that, and all for better for the community? Are you just locked up in the four walls and you say a good word and then these people go home, but they still the same? Because you have to really honestly think about it. Say if I've been living 28 years of my life and 20 of them years have been shambles, I'm not going to get better overnight. And yes, you have to, as they say, a person has to want to change. But if they don't know better, they can't do better. You have to have something or someone to be in their presence to act in a, a different manner. So then they can see things that are different. And then especially if you're in the church world where so many people are predestined this to be in the liking that how they would want it to be not in the way that it should go you see what I'm saying it's just it's it's sad like there's so many people understand why marriages are so high in the church community is because everybody got this sanction of you're shacking up you need to get married no how about you teach them how to be married not in just a couple few days of counseling because that's that's not anything. You don't worry about the fact that they're having sex. Worry about their mental state. Worry about if this person is actually good enough for that person. Because if I'm living in the world and then I start going to church and then I'm you know still living with this person and I'm shacking up, then it's, oh, you can't do this because you're shacking up and I can't talk to you because you're shacking up. But if I get married, it don't mean that it's going to get better. Now I'm living in misery, coming to church every day, hating a person that I got to lay next to at night. But if you would just come to this person, because if you have discernment, as you say, because preaching uh, and teaching comes with God, then you would know, okay, let me go talk to this person and sit down with the man. Let me go talk to this person, sit down with the woman. Let me sit down with both of them and find out what, what, what another, and literally be truthful about it. Ma'am, this person is not right for you. This person is going to hurt you. This person is going to do this, that, and another. If you stay there, you're going to be unhappy and you're going to be dragging dead weight. Husband, I mean, not husband, male. I don't think this woman may have the best interest in heart, but you can't say that because now you're going to be sued. So again, now we have a bunch of miserable people together still, but guess what? They're married. So, hey, but you want to say this unequally yoke. We don't understand that. We living in a place where it's crazy and you actually just do whatever you want to do but nobody wants to be accountable that if you're supposed to be a teacher you're supposed to teach and you're supposed to help them to understand the ways that they're doing wrong don't just tell these folks that they're just shacking up that means nothing to them you have to tell them from the beginning okay hey how was your home life how was your family's life? How was the people, were your mom and dad married? Do you understand how it's supposed to feel to have a man love you in the right way? Do you understand how it's supposed to feel to have a woman love you in the right way? Do you understand um, as a woman to help this man go through the things that he's going through and help birth him out of the situation and create him to be a better man? Or are you 
when he cries, you look at him like he's a punk or do you talk down to him and not talk to him? Are you building his spirit up and lifting him up to understand the things that he's doing wrong and how he could do it better? And in that process, man, are you wanting to listen and hear and do better? And then vice versa. You see what I'm saying? There are so many things that I know verbatim that is horribly. I know I visit at least 12 to 13 churches and it's the same thing over and over again. It's the same teaching. It's the same singer songs. It's the same, put the money in the plate. It's the same, oh, we're going to have a church picnic and we're going to have a church, um, a building fund and we're going to have a church, uh, back to school, um, activities and give the kids backpacks and books and this and that nature. And, oh, it makes us look good. But are you going into the schools? So as these new upcoming ministers that wants to serve God, these are the things that's also that needs to be took into place. Because if you can't sit there and help your community, then you don't deserve any of the money that your community is giving you. That's truly how I feel. And it ain't no, I think, no, I truly feel that way. If you cannot do this because you know these people need help, then don't do it. If you're going to start a ministry and you can't afford to pay for this and you need the, the, the money from the box, then don't do it. Because what if there's a day nobody puts anything in a plate? Are you still going to be able to cover these lights? You don't need this big old thing in order to teach the people. You can sit in a classroom. Ain't that what's going on? A classroom is teaching me to be a doctor. The online screen is teaching me how to be a, a, a human resource manager. So it doesn't take you teaching me word for word at the Bible. It also takes you sitting down and talking to the kids and asking them what's going on in the neighborhood. Because, you know, kids know everybody's business. You might not think they do, but they do. Kids know everything that is going on nowadays. So do you sit down and do you ask them to write a letter and say, without putting their name on it, what is wrong in the neighborhood? What is wrong in your home? What is going on with this? So then we can come back and say, okay, I read, uh, 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 not even to call it out and say, okay, this week we're going to talk about hygiene. This week we're going to teach you also how to take a bath and probably brush your teeth this week because parents don't always do it. You see what I'm saying? It's supposed to be a community that raised your children. You know, you take a village to raise a child, but we as a community, I'm going to say blacks as a community has changed the way we used to raise our children. We have now adapted other people's lifestyles. You can still see um, the Asians and the Hispanics and the Pakistanians and the Arabians and, you know, the um, uh, some mostly, mostly Africans are all a village that help raise each other and they have pride in what they're doing. But for some odd reason, it just seemed like the American culture 
because it is a melting pot. There's no structure. It's just all over the place. It's just you do whatever. You you are able to do whatever. And it's doing whatever system is killing us. And if you're supposed to be ministers of the Bible and teaching love, especially these upcoming ministers that are uh, out in the forefront, if you're supposed to be teaching and wanting to do it, ask yourself, interview yourself, why are you doing it? And if you're not doing it, my prayer for the benefit of the children, the benefit of changing people into being better people, the benefit of people of open folks' eyes and being something that they're not and didn't realize it because they've been under a pile of dirt for so long and nobody's watering the, the, the plant or the fruit or the flower and it's basically dying under this hard concrete, then what are you doing it for? You know, I talked to a young girl just yesterday and I asked her um, a simple question. Um, why do you have such a hatred towards this person? And she goes into, you know, explaining why. And I said, well, you know, in order for you to move forward, you have to forgive. And she was like, well, how do I go about doing that? And I said, every day you just say a simple prayer. God help me to forgive this person because no one realized that someone might be praying towards you for them to be, for you to be forgiven as well. You know what I'm saying? You have, um, say I myself, you know, I have this thing that, oh, um, I'm giving an example. Sorry. I myself can say, oh, this person hurt me and blah, 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 blah. And I can't believe they did this and blah, 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 blah. But how do I know how many other people that, how many people that I have hurt? You know, there are things that I could have said out of my mouth that could have hurt someone. So I have to myself ask for forgiveness for the person that I could have may hurt and not know. And also I have to forgive someone who may have hurt me and not know because hurt people hurt people. You see what I'm saying? And these are things that needs to be taught in the Bible. Yes, you preach it, but let me also explain how to break it down. So then I all go to her and I said, well, think about, um, what, what this person have done. And she would say, well, this person, um, she, she hurts um, the people that she loved. And I said, but then you have to also realize the person that hurt her was someone that she loved. And she got real quiet and was like, I didn't think about it that way. I said, yeah. So it's, it's a trickle, trickle down effect. I said, and then think about how many people you might've hurt along the way. So you're holding past hurt grudges for something someone have done that they weren't even in the right state of mind anyway. And you also have done the same exact thing to someone else. But I know you're wanting them to forgive you. So it's in the same package. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to find new ways to break it down for them to understand. And she was like, you know what? I didn't even think about it that way. You That... um. I was pretty much doing the same thing to someone else. I said, and this person still loves you, right? 
And she was like, yeah, they do. I said, so it's the same that you have to do to this person. You have to still love them. It doesn't mean that you have to talk to them on a daily basis. It doesn't mean that you have to be around them all the time. But in order to move forward and to be released, you have to forgive. The Bible does state that at this point, I cannot tell you where it's located. But if you Google forgiveness, it'll give you the right scripture. So... She also said, um, she also said, well, why? I said, everybody takes things differently. Everybody, um, perceive things differently. The same way you went through the same situation with this person, you're not that way. You hold everything inside, which is still not healthy. I said, but this person wears everything on their sleeve. You have to realize y'all are two different people. So, you might do the same things to others, but the way you interpret it is different. And she was like, you know what? That does make sense. And she was like, I thank you for breaking it down in that way, which a lot of times most parents and most people and most teachers and preachers and evangelists and prophets, they're not breaking it down into a way that these new minds fold of people are able to accept it. You see what I'm saying? Like, you cannot change from the script, but you can also, but you can change the way you teach the script. You see what I'm saying? Like, there are people who are taught um, with touch. They get it. They are, they're hands-on. There are people who are taught with words. You know, they'll get it, but the person who's hands-on may not get it. There are people who are taught with sight. They have to see it and watch a video of it. And then they're like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And there are people that are taught, that can be taught with all three. They can see the video. They can touch it at the same time. And then they're listening. So it'll be able to be digested. Um, I also had to understand that, you know, because over the weekend, um, we we were talking to another young man and this is 15 years of us basically trying to explain the same thing so this time I had to change the script on how I said it I, I, I still did the same methods and I still went by the same books but when a person is not willing to accept fault in their their things that they do to other people that's a more harder um, cause like I said, if you, I'm 28 and I've had 20 years of, of doing things to myself, then it's not going to just happen overnight. Some things is going to have to take time. And, um, he wasn't being receptive to it. So then I had to explain in tones, I could tell someone to move. Or I could say, move. It's the same word, two different tones. The first one, it was like I was being irritated and I wanted you to move. But then the second one is, can you move, please? Two, do two totally different ways, same word. So once that was being projected, it was a light bulb that popped in the head and was like, Oh, oh, okay. Now I get it. Versus me just trying to explain, 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 explain. And they wasn't getting it. 
But once I showed the different tones, then it was like, oh, okay. So even in the same ministry, your tone can also help with a lot of things. Because people do get sick of listening. They, they really do. But if you can say it in a way that keeps them interested, then it's great. Because it's now time for a lot more positive. Because all you hear is negative on the CNN. Sorry not to say CNN. But yeah, like on the news, CNN, ABC, NBC, um, BC. That's all you hear is negative, 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 negative. You also live at the workplace where you're dealing with negative, 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 negative. When if you're in a call center, all you hear is people call negative, 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 negative. When you're around your friends and they're talking about the spouse, all you hear is negative, 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 negative. It's like all we seem to pour out is negative. So... I'm begging for all you upcoming preachers, teachers, evangelists, um, whatever you want to call your church, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever you want to, you know, put your title as, whatever your degree is, it's time to start pouring in more happy thoughts. It's time to start pouring in better way of doing things. It really is. It's time to start cleaning up your mess and pouring out a different volume. It's time for things to be received and be receptive in a positive light. You know, I'll touch base, I think, on that um, that F. Gray, F. Gary Gray, about him coming out and saying that he had cheated on his wife. And it could have been with several different people, but he was a broken minister. And no one cared as long as he was preaching the word and collecting in the pot. They didn't care that he was hurting. They didn't care that he was um, on the verge of being divorced. And I'm going to say they didn't care because they should have discerned the things that he was going through and had him to sit down and work through the situation and find out the root of the situation to pluck it out and, and destroy it and burn it and kill it that it would never resurface again. But they didn't care. So for everyone who's out there trying to be a part of this ministry, I want y'all to take a minute to watch that video and really think about why are you going into ministry and why are you deciding to step in there? If it's for the money and it's for the notoriety, I pray that you never, ever, ever, ever get the chance. To go out there. And I know Satan has his kingdom. But I pray that God stumbles every single step that you try. Because it is time for a better harvest than the ones that we're seeing now. Because there's no way it should be all these billions of churches around the globe. And we live in such a sick, demonic, I'm not even going to say around the world. We're going to eliminate that. We're just going to say America for today. We have all these billions of churches that takes up blocks. And we live in such dismay at this year and in, in season. And it just continued to just roll down the hill. It's, it's time for a bulldozer to stop it in its tracks. And at some point, I think everything should stop at a standstill. 
I think ministry, if you're not living right, it's time for you to step down. Building cars, I think there shouldn't be a new car pushed out except for once the two different vehicles every four years. I feel like this new thing of coming out of new I mean now you got a billion cereals walking down the aisle. For what? It's the same freaking thing. It's the brown one with strawberries, it's the white one with strawberries. Like it it something needs to be wiped clean and or not even say wiped clean. I think people need to turn around and just start paying attention to really what's going on. And it's time to start fixing it. Granted, they're steadily trying to make it better. But you can't make something better if you don't even know what the root of the issue is. So I thank y'all for listening. I hope this helped someone. I hope it helped many people. And y'all have an amazing day. I'm grateful for you taking the time out to listen to what I had to say.